0: Hello and welcome. This is Self Control How to Build a Better Life, the podcast that inspires you to take control of your mind and your mindset to go forward and build a life that you want to live. My name is Patrick Strevens, and this podcast is something of a journey for me. In fact, it's chronicling uh, my journey towards peace of mind, if such a thing is possible. And I'm honored that you would make it a part of your journey as well. Uh, I'll never tell you how to eat what to believe, how to think, but I'm assuming that you're coming to this show looking for some ways, some tools in the toolkit on how to improve your life in one way or another. I'd like to share uh, as part of my own self-development, the processes and the things that I have done that have improved my life. And as well, I'm speaking to people who are who are doing the same. This is not preordained wisdom from above this is not orthodoxy. This is a conversation that you are more than willing and more than welcome to join in on. You know, I wanted to get this episode done uh, a little sooner. Uh, Unfortunately, I was traveling earlier this month and as well, I was then sick for a good 10 days and you, you may even hear it in my voice. So bear with me, but, uh, Better late than never, let's say, and we're going to get the ball rolling um, on some ideas that we picked up on in my conversation with Nikki Barnes. So uh, that was a conversation that I had earlier this month, and released it in two parts um, in the in the following weeks. So if you um, haven't listened to it, uh, I definitely would. If you're someone that enjoys the more. Um, you know the interview style podcast that might appeal to you uh, as well. She's a she's a woman with a lot of wisdom and a lot of insight into uh, into self development and into uh, becoming a better version of ourselves. And uh, she was very good, I thought, very um, apt uh, in what she chose to talk about and how she described um, some of her wisdom and some of her her opinions. But she she put it in a way in which I think you, the listener, and me, the listener, um, could put those things into practice in our own life. So uh, please, please check that out. Nikki Barnes is uh, from South Africa, originally currently uh, traveling the world, but at this moment in time uh, based in Austria. So uh, you can find those probably right somewhere near this episode (laughs) on your platform of choice. So what I wanted to pick up on first, I think, is this idea of, of mindfulness, and I've spoken about it on the show, and as Nikki and I sort of conceded, it's a bit of a buzzword, not unlike, you know, vegetarianism or veganism, you know, people kind of, kind of reel back when they hear it, uh, what does it mean, you know, um, a lot of people maybe conflate it with meditation, uh, it's not necessarily the same thing, although they do go hand in hand, um, Mind mindfulness, Mindfulness, I suppose, means something different to everyone. To me, I contrast it with the idea of mindlessness, you know, being mindless. So um, I think the first step when we talk about mindfulness is to become aware of how mindful we truly are or um, if, if we are maybe not mindful at all. You know, awareness of that is, is going to be the first step to understanding mindfulness. So I'll I'll tell a quick story that I'm sure I've told before, but um, in April of last year, I had a gentleman on my podcast named Jahan Satar. um, And he, he told me about this idea of mindfulness and he told me about how it is rooted in breathing. And I should say, if you've heard the Jahan story already, bear with me. And in fact, if you like the story, Uh, Jahan will be coming on this podcast very soon, uh, later this month, and we'll talk a lot more about mindfulness. We'll also talk about ways in which your subconscious mind is hacked uh, by things like coffee, uh, the news, (laughs) and uh, modern culture, social media, of course. Um, So definitely keep it locked here to hear some more from Jahan, and he is a real person. I didn't make him up for the purposes of this story. So anyway, Jahan, the first time we spoke, he came on this podcast and he he informed me about how um, mindlessness or not being mindful, quite often focusing on anything other than the present, quite often that is rooted in poor breathing technique, right? And in and, and the course of that episode, Jahan educated me on how to breathe properly from the diaphragm, right? Pulling from the diaphragm feeling the, the air rush in through the nose feeling it brush the back of the throat giving the lungs and the diaphragm room to expand holding that breath a moment before exhaling the same way pushing from the diaphragm out through the nose and that was that was a mind-blowing moment for me i mean it's humbling to be told how to breathe at 33 years old but it also opened up to my mind this, this idea of I was not even aware that I was mindless, right? It wasn't even that my anxiety um, and my inability to focus um, were taking over and ruining my quality of life in some instances, but it wasn't. I was not even aware that that was happening or why. So Jahan's conversation with me was a call to awareness on how I was unfocused, not living in the present, not appreciating the moment, and it, quite often focusing on other things, a lot of that happens because we get into poor breathing technique, right? When we're not breathing properly, our brain begins to assume there must be a problem, there must be something we're hiding from, there must be a reason we're not breathing you know, naturally, breathing freely, breathing calmly. And so in modern society, quite often, in the lack of any real clear and present danger, the mind begins to look for a problem and it quite often finds those problems within right? Things that we have failed, things that we need to do in the future, things that we're unsure about, things that we regret, for instance. So um, that's, the, that's, the, that's very much a symptom of modern life. But uh, as we'll see as we go forward here, you are more than able to take control of that, at least to some degree. So when it comes to this idea of, of mindfulness, compared and contrasted, let's say, contrasted to mindlessness, I asked Nikki Barnes in our conversation, well, okay, what are some symptoms, right? What are some symptoms of mindlessness? If I'm not a mindful person, okay, now I'm aware that I'm not mindful. What are some symptoms that I may be exhibiting? So let's listen quickly to what Nikki had to say about how we might be able to at least become aware of and find mindlessness or the lack of mindfulness in our own lives. I was very unaware of, in fact, that I was a mindless person for a lot of, like mindfulness was not a part of my life and then Mm. it it became such. So I guess what I'd say, what I would ask you is we can talk about mindfulness, but how could someone perhaps become aware of the fact that they are mindless? Like what are sort of the symptoms that maybe we ought to look at if, uh, if we need to be working on our mindfulness?
1: I think it's generally like if people are always planning the next thing, they're always like, okay, I'm here now, but I I feel like I need to plan for that or this is happening next or I need to go there next or um, like even when they're sitting down watching TV, they're already thinking like, oh, just now I need to run to the shops. Um, And when they're cooking, they're like, okay, I need need to fill up the dog's water bowl or run around instead of just like being there and like, okay, right now I'm watching TV. I've decided to do this guilt-free. I'm enjoying Mm. like hour or whatever of time to watch this movie. And later on, I'll take care of everything else. So
0: right there, it's very important, very interesting to note. If you find yourself as someone who self identifies as anxious or having anxiety, a good question to ask yourself in an an anxious moment is what am I focusing on? And look, I understand that, you know, I may be talking to someone with a clinical or a real deep seated you know, pervasive, strong, serious case of anxiety. And, and this, this thought process that we're going to break down may only be a tool in the toolkit for you, along with perhaps medication, exercise, time management, diet, hydration, sunlight, all those sorts of things. So again, I have a lot of grace, and I have a lot of um, empathy for someone who is more anxious than myself and I would not pretend that this is the silver bullet that's going to cure your anxiety. But let's ask that question in an anxious moment. What am I focused on? What am I thinking about? And quite often, at least what I have found and what you likely will find for yourself is that you're not focusing at all on the present. You're not focusing on the task at hand, right? Nikki talked about, you know, Sitting down to watch TV, but then choosing to feel guilty about watching TV, or thinking, "Oh, I should run to the store," or another example: You're cooking. Cooking, what a beautiful act, right? What a beautiful moment in our lives to have the free time to cook a meal, and yet I'm thinking, "Oh, I got to. Fi- I should fill up the dog's water bowl. I should walk the dog. Oh, I should. I should this." Mindlessness or the absence of mindfulness is marked quite clearly by not focusing on the present or the task at hand, and. Consequently, robbing ourselves of the joy of life. So much of the joy and beauty of life happens in the moment, experiencing the task at hand, experiencing the present, not living in the future, not living in the past, not living in a mental uh, loop of things that are not presently occurring. So if you now sense this in yourself, right? As I did for myself, I realized, my God, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about anything other than what I'm doing, right? Let's not crucify ourselves for that, right? Let's not not further the negativity. Let's instead see it as an invitation, right? That's what I've really come to believe lately. And what I've come to try and impart to myself is a little bit of grace there, right? A little bit of forgiveness and saying, look, You've made the mistake. You've done the negative. You've done the wrong thing. You're living in the negative. So be it. You've failed in some respect. Let's not crucify ourselves. Let's not catastrophize. Let's not make it worse. But let's instead say, if I'm not mindful, if I'm not living in the present, if I've taken on a negative uh, color of my thought, let's say, it's an invitation to return to the positive, to return home, to return to mindfulness, to come and see what's going on in the present, right? The truth is, at least for the most part, at least what I discovered is that I did not have to suffer, and I did not have to waste time with anxiety. But the flip side is, if, you, if you're if you willing to say that, you must also be willing to say, I must take control of my mind back, right? So for me, anxiety was a result of surrendering willful control of my mind. What happens if we're not willfully actively taking control of our thoughts is they will run away on us right And so in some ways I began to view that anxiety as as laziness right Well I don't want to I'm not going to focus on any one thing I'm not I just want to bounce from thought to thought no concrete conclusions or, I'd like to take this time now in the middle of a workout to obsess over something I did wrong last year or relive some moment where I wasn't all that I could be. Or, you know what? Let me ruin this morning walk. Let me ruin my morning walk by thinking about what I have to do when I get home and all the things I'm unsure of coming down the pipe this week. Yeah. And it's natural. It's normal. That's the way, as I said earlier, when we're not living in a mindful way, when we're not taking control of our breathing, our nervous system can become—we uh, can become, or we can come to a state, let's say, of of fear, of of um, of searching, right? Of of feeling like we are being challenged, of feeling like we are being aggressed upon, and and then we begin to look um, in our daily life for this supposed challenge. When really, it's it's really just a, a physiological response that we can control. So, let me say it this way then. If you are not where you want to be, if you feel like your anxiety is taking over your life or it's at least decreasing the quality of your life, that is then an invitation to exert some control on yourself. Huh. Isn't that the name of this show? Self-control. If you feel like your quality of life is be, is suffering because of your anxiety, because of anxious thoughts, because of unfocusedness, because of worry, you are able to do something about it. But the first step, of course, is awareness. That is where I had to go first. I had to realize that I had a problem to begin working on the problem. So, let this episode be a call to awareness. Just the way that when Jahan Satour, all the way from the Barbados, came onto my computer screen here in Canada, that was my call to awareness. You're not breathing properly. You're living a mindless life. You're not being mindful. And again, it starts with breathing. So let's let's go back now to some, some words of wisdom from Nikki Barnes. When it, came, when it comes to this idea of breathing, how does breathing improve our lives? and she actually is going to give you one real easy one real easy exercise when it comes to breathing uh, to practice mindful breathing. so let's let's listen to that now.
1: Especially when the, when the breath work comes in, you actually are able to process any anxiety for example that comes up because you go like, mm-hmm. okay well, I feel there's this tension in my chest, okay, how can I release that? And then you just breathe through that and it kind of just dissipates. And I mean, if there's anyone listening to this podcast that hasn't actually tried breathwork or breathing, like it doesn't have to be complicated. There mm-hmm. are so many courses out there and I do recommend trying at some point working with a breathwork instructor because that's just next level um, experience, mm. but you, it's as simple as just like, for example, box breathing, I was kind of introduced with that, that's just. Sure breathe in for four seconds you hold it for four seconds you breathe out for four seconds then you hold it for four seconds and it's so easy and you can do that in the morning you can do it when you're feeling anxious you can do it when you're feeling overly excited or um, when you want to go to sleep um, and it's it's like People, we like. We need to do it more often. Actually, just be more aware of breathing and actually just take the time, even if it's five minutes or fifteen minutes a day, to just breathe. Yeah. Because um, that also automatically is like a meditation. You're so filled up and distracted by the breathing that mm-hmm. you have no time to think about anything. You're counting the breaths, or mm-hmm. you're feeling the sensations, or you're holding it, and you're challenging yourself by holding the breath. And um, I think that's a really nice and really important practice to put into the day because automatically you'll also be able to call in it in situations when you actually need to breathe deeper.
0: <laughs> that's interesting. And that's, that's a great point. I guess what I keep remembering through doing this show is like, yes, we have to train that, uh, that muscle or that reflex to do what you're saying to breathe properly, to be mindful. But, uh, the more we do it, the better our quality of life actually is like, this is not me giving you a homework assignment because I'm your teacher. This is me saying a better life is actually possible through just doing these somewhat basic things. And that is also probably the most rewarding thing about pursuing self development and pursuing self control. It's not done to satisfy some external judge, right? It's like, it's not like you're doing this for your parents, for your spouse, for your boss, for your teacher, your professor, your pastor, (laughs) your correctional officer, your, your parole officer. This is for you, right? This is this improves your quality of life. The work that you do on yourself directly, directly improves your quality of life and you don't do it for anybody other than yourself. Now, of course, improving yourself will no doubt improve your relations and people will likely admire and take note of, the, of that sort of thing. But the reason that you do this sort of thing, you seek to improve yourself is because You alone can put the work into something that efficiently translates to improved quality of life for you. And you deserve that, let me say. Another real important point that Nikki made in there was that when we take on this mindful practice of breathing, like if you want to undertake um, box breathing when you're maybe getting ready to go to sleep or you've just woken up in the morning or you're, you're sitting in some relaxed activity or you're cooking or you're cleaning, you know, you can do that box breathing, right? Four seconds in, hold, one, two, three, four, four second, exhale, hold, begin again. Once you become practiced at, at something like box breathing or even just mindful breath control, mindfully, um, you know, being in that deep diaphragmatic mode of breathing, you can then call on that, you can then call on that when you need it most, like when you are in a truly stressful situation, right? Let's say you, you're in a car accident and you need to now get out and confront the other driver and come up with a plan on how you're going to go forward. Or, or maybe, uh, you know, you're in an exam at school and you realize you're not as prepared as you should have been. You know, truly stressful situations are no doubt going to come in all uh, areas of life. They're going to come, it's going to happen. You're going to find yourself in a place where you are truly under stress, you know, where your nervous system is really going to kick into high gear. But it's in those moments when you can use mindful breathing because you've practiced to at least alleviate some of that stress and have a certain amount of clear thinking to uh, ideally get yourself out of that stressful situation. Another thing too, and I believe we touched on it uh, in that conversation, is that when you are undertaking mindful breathing and becoming mindful, focused on the present, breathing deeply, your brain's processing power actually improves, right? You're more able to make sense of the world around you when you are immersed in the world around you. So you you could even say, if you want to make time to think about the future, think about the past, do so while breathing deeply, and you may find more success, a more of a positive outlook Um, on those things and a a better, a more powerful um, mental experience because you've taken control of your breathing, right? Your, Your processing power and your clarity of thought are improved through mindful breathing as well. But let's think about this. You need to work to make a living, right? You want to climb the corporate ladder. You want to get a higher paying job. You want to build a business. Maybe you're an entrepreneur. You need to support others, right? You have dependents. You need to satisfy your partner in many ways. <laughs> you want to make your parents proud, maybe. You have to fulfill assignments from your, from your boss, your teacher, your pastor, your parole officer. All that is necessary. We all have external obligations. We all have other people's will and wishes that we need to fulfill. That's just how social interaction works. That's how the world goes around. But... At what point have you done that amount of work on yourself? The kind of work that improves your situation. The kind of work that makes you feel better. Isn't it time to do at least a fraction of the work you do for others? Isn't it time to do a little bit of that work on yourself? Ask yourself that. At what point have you done the work on yourself to any extent? You know, anxiety and depression arose, at least it did in me, uh, when I was striving to satisfy external objectives, always. When I was making, right, external objectives, I want to look a certain way for somebody. I want to be somebody for somebody else, right? I have school. I have my parents' expectations. All that anxiety and depression arose in me because I was putting those external objectives too high, maybe I was placing too high of expectations on myself, and I certainly was not doing enough work on myself, right? And kind of the unfortunate coinc- you know, coincidence there or, or consequence maybe is that if you are not doing a sufficient amount of work on yourself, at least this is coming from my perspective, you're not doing a sufficient amount of work on yourself, it's harder to fulfill those external obligations. You begin to place all that weight and all that work um, on external obligations. And yet you're not the person who can fulfill them if you're not building yourself up to reach those things. So keep that in mind as well. We all have things we need to do for others. We all want to be the best we can be for others. but We need to put that work into becoming the best version of ourselves. And I really believe that mindfulness, mindful living, Mindful breathing becomes the foundation of becoming a better person. And then you can go ahead and make all the people happy in the world you want once you've taken control of yourself. And quite often, you know, the trap the trap that we fall into becomes uh, that when we finally do get some free time, uh, we spend it on mindless consumption, right? I'm talking about TV, YouTube, streaming, scrolling through social media, junk food, right? you name it, what else? Drugs, alcohol, things that we do to numb out, you know, darts maybe, although darts (laughs) isn't all that bad, I suppose. It's (laughs) a somewhat physical pursuit. The point being is like, when you do get some free time away from your dependence, away from your obligations, how often do we spend it on distractions, right? Distracting ourselves from ourselves. And, you know, a certain amount of that, I would say is probably necessary. Um, we could quibble about how much of that we actually should be doing, but if you're distracting and numbing yourself with any number of, of distractions and, and things that are available to us in modern c- culture and modern society, when are you actually being you? When are you actually putting in the work on yourself? When are you becoming yourself? When are you getting in touch with yourself? When are you getting to know yourself? Questions to ask, I suppose, and I'm not ever going to tell anybody how to live, but again, you find yourself anxious, you find yourself unfocused and depressed and unable to get the results you want, you may have to look at how often are you focused on the present, how often are you striving to build yourself up versus just distract yourself and waste time and just try and feel better because of the stress of external obligations, you know. It could well be an invitation to get to know yourself and to treat yourself to coming home, right? Breathing, meditating, walking, exercising, even just lying in bed, you know? Feeling your body, feeling your breath. This is stuff that was foreign to me even a year ago. But the more I think about it, the more I see how um, it's very easy for us in modern day and as human beings to become divorced from ourselves right we we are distracted we are anxious we are depressed we are living in a in a place that is not the here and now and if you live in the here and now you can then at least become a little bit more familiar with yourself and what it feels like to be you not taking in the ideas of others not taking in the noise of pop culture again all of it important and necessary. Um, To a certain extent, we want to be informed. We want to know what's going on. We want to have a sense of what the hell kind of crap is being produced in our lifetime. But not at the expense of losing touch with yourself. That's what this is about. So, okay. We're aware now of our mindlessness, right? Just as Jahan made me aware of my mindlessness, aware of the fact that I wasn't breathing properly unaware of the fact that my own doing was sending me off into fantasy land, right? Living um, in some weird place where I was anxiously problem-solving things that hadn't happened or had already happened that were out of my control. I was unaware. But now let's say, after all I've said, (laughs) all this great wisdom I've given you, or just as Jahan gave me, you're now aware. Awareness of the problem is the key. So we become aware of how not being mindful, being mindless, unfocused, living in a different time, become now aware of how that's leading to anxiety in us. Let's go back to Nikki, Nikki Barnes one more time for some practical advice on how you can use mindfulness, how you can practice mindfulness to improve your quality of life.
1: For me, like, mindfulness, I like to say, like, for people who want to start practicing it, it's definitely like you were saying, um, go for a walk, mm-hmm. because you have nothing else to do. You leave your phone behind, and you just focus, um, like, for me, my favorite thing is the sensory check-in. So, mm-hmm. first of all, you focus on your eyes, and you're like, okay, so how many colors can I see, and then, like, mm-hmm. how many textures can I see, and um, how much movement is there, like, oh, you'll notice that there's a bird flying there, and a cat running there, and a kid behind you, and then you ask yourself, okay, so what, all, how many layers of sound can I hear? Um, mm-hmm. and how, what am I physically feeling? So you feel like the sun on your skin or the wind on your face. Um, and then you just kind of like run through all of your sensations and then inside after you've kind of like integrated all of those and you go, you know, like inside of yourself more
0: mm-hmm. and then you
1: can check out, okay, so how am I actually feeling? Like what is present in my energy or in my body today? Like what needs to be expressed? And then, That's that's a really nice way to be mindful. Um, And yeah, another one, obviously, that's easy is eating, like just not watching TV, not being on your phone, just paying attention to like how it tastes, how it feels, how it smells, all of that. Like that's such an easy sensory practice that is ingrained in us biologically. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it makes absolute sense for people to take advantage of three meals a day, like time to just sit and do nothing else but eat.
0: (laughs) So like anything we want to excel at, it requires repetition. And that includes being ourselves. And that includes being present and being mindful. So let this podcast be an invitation to you to begin that work. And I'm doing it too, by the way, and I'm not perfect I was failing even as as recently as this morning. (laughs) But we're working on it together. And the first step, of course, is becoming aware. Ask yourself, if I'm anxious, if I'm unfocused, if I am sitting in a present state that I do not enjoy, ask yourself, what am I thinking about? What am I focusing on? And if it's not the present, there's your invitation to focus on the present. What is directly at hand? What are you working on? Are you driving? Focus on driving. (laughs) Are you cutting up a carrot? Enjoy cutting up that carrot. Are you in a conversation with somebody? Listen deeply to what they're saying. Don't worry about what you're going to say next. Focus on the present. What's that coffee shop smell like? How does the light come in through the window? What do the people look like? What does it sound like? Become aware of your present surroundings and your present moment and you will find a lot of peace. And realize too that anxiety and unfocusedness and worry, it's not a death sentence and it's not a life sentence. Quite often, you can take control, but you have to want to take control. If you have willfully surrendered your mind to anxiety, it's going to require some work, but you can claw back control of your mind. It starts with breathing. It starts with the sensory check-in. And it starts and it continues, I would say, I guess, through repetition of those practices. Practice it when you can, right? Breathing. We just learned about box breathing. Any form of mindful, deep breathing where you're in control of the breath. What does it feel like to breathe? You know, I said it in that episode and I'll say it again. It's like, if you were mindfully focused on breathing, And then you were mindfully checking in on a sensory level. What are the things I can see, hear, taste, touch, smell? If you truly were presently engaged in the moment, you would have no time to be anxious. The human experience can be overwhelming if we let it. But the human perception of the moment can be equally overwhelming. Wouldn't you rather be overwhelmed by the beauty of the moment? than of some thing that hasn't happened or has already happened. And again, get away from that mindless consumption. Again, I can give a certain amount of grace to myself and to others. You want to listen to a stupid podcast, you want to watch sports, news, a rerun on TV, whatever that may be, scrolling social media, Enjoying some junk food. A certain amount of it surely is necessary. But if your free time, time away from external obligations, time away from the things you have to do, if it is marked only by that mindless consumption, by things that are for distraction and numbing, rather than um, getting to know oneself or uplift oneself, that's an invitation right there to change your diet a little bit in one way or another. Change what you're taking in. Again, these are all things I'm yelling at myself just as much as I'm yelling them at you, the listener. So I know you know that. And I have a lot of grace for myself and I have a lot of grace for you. And I would invite you to do the same as well. You're not gonna get it in one day, but let's begin that repeated practice of living in the moment and getting to know ourselves. So if this kind of subject matter interests you, if you enjoyed what you heard in those clips from Nikki, please check out, Uh, the first part of our conversation uh, where we spoke about mindful, uh, mindful eating, for instance, uh, as well as just this idea of mindfulness and how we can come to enjoy living in the present. And please also as well, check out part two of our interview. We talked about ways to reduce anxiety. We talked about interrogating or reframing limiting beliefs, right? That's, that's sort of the next step, let's say. Um, You know, you don't have, the things you tell yourself quite often, uh, you come to believe it is true. But uh, how often do you, do you stop and ask yourself, why do I believe what I believe? And lastly, we also talked about a, a concept that I'm fascinated, in, uh, fascinated by. It's that in our problem, right? In our trauma, in our negative experiences, quite often lies the solution for freedom, right? The door that you least want to open quite often has on the other side of it the life you truly want to live so again please um, take this home chew on it discover how much of it may or may not be bullshit I, I feel like I've given an honest assessment of what I truly have gone through I hope that you too can find it useful I think if you do find it useful I'd love to hear from you um, you can find me on Facebook it's Patrick Strevens. P-A-T-R-I-C-K Strevens S-T-R-E-V-E-N-S you'll see the self-control banner on my Facebook page Uh, get in touch with me there or on the Instagram self-control podcast and check out my interview with Nikki Barnes we've got a couple more great interviews coming uh, very soon very soon I hope this works. I hope this makes sense. And I don't know if it makes sense just yet until I get some feedback. So please don't be shy. If you're listening, if you're watching, get in touch, reach out and let me know. Um, And until then, and until I speak with you again, please remember that better is possible.